I know. You're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayer National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good... Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports. On location here at Sayre National this morning. Um, chilly start to the day. It's going to be a chilly start to the week. Uh, but, of course, by the time we roll around to the weekend, look, everything is looking up uh, with the forecast. And so probably another chance to get out here for your Saturday scramble. Well, they had a really, really good crowd out here on Saturday uh, this, this this past weekend. Yeah, 62 for the high on Saturday, at least, according to my phone uh, coming up. So it should, uh, should be conducive to getting everybody out and playing a little golf uh, as we tip into the month of February. I know I think I counted at least six groups when we were pulling back into town from going and watching basketball on Saturday morning. And once again, man, two guys that seem to be uh, the MVPs of the Saturday scramble so far, Bobby Martin, Hunter Hines, winners again. That's two in a row for Bob. I think the third out of four weeks for Hunter. Bobby and Hunter, James Ray, James Manning, and also Daniel Portillo were the winners this week, five under. I've also noticed the scores maybe getting a little bit better with a little warmer weather. And five under mark, uh, pretty good. Uh, so I know there was a big crowd out here Saturday. And then yesterday, watching the AFC and NFC championship games, I can already see a Super Bowl uh, itinerary a little bit there too uh, so we're going to be uh, be able to come and watch the game right here with your buddies at the Sayre National Sports Bar that we're kind of hanging out in um, on the show today we'll talk high school basketball what happened Friday also uh, get into the the assignments class A and B playoff assignments were announced by the OSSA so we can kind of pick that a little bit apart and that, that'll be something that we'll do a whole bunch in the next couple of weeks before that district tournament starts, or that be a lot of places a week from Friday, uh, the tenth, and so, or I guess that would actually be the ninth, tenth, ninth. What is it? Tenth, tenth and eleventh. Yes, tenth. Yes. Yeah, tenth and eleventh. Tenth and eleventh. Uh, so we'll do that. Obviously, start to rehash what happened on yet on the football field yesterday with the AFC and NFC championship games. The Big Twelve reigns supreme over the SEC, and there's no doubt. That that's true after a seven to three pasting of the SEC. Does it just mean more in the Big Twelve on basketball? Clearly, right? <laughs> Clearly. I mean, it's a crazy Saturday. Your best team couldn't beat the team that's in nine or eighth or ninth. They got beat by thirty. Yikes! Yeah. 
So we can talk it about that. It was domination. It was I mean, domination. across the league, across the conference. Good showing for the Big 12. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, though, there's so many teams ranked in the Big 12 that the losses were all by ranked teams. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was weird. Well, Missouri I mean, against Iowa, I mean, they made shot after that. There, there might have been, not have been anybody that was going to beat them the way they shot the ball. Uh, but Texas lost a tough one down to Tennessee. What was the other one? Oh, yeah, TCU. That one was pretty shocking. The that TCU one was lost weird. At Mississippi State. But anyhow, 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text, talk about any of those things, whatever else is on your mind. Feel free to chime in. It's Monday, so we'll have uh, the ultimate Jim Traver coming on at uh, 930. I'm sure he's got plenty to talk about um, with what happened over the weekend uh, in, in those two games yesterday especially. Um, maybe even uh, rehash his favorite athletes uh, from what they, uh, they talked about on Friday. Uh, all right, Jared. How you are wanna, you? You want to get into the... The actual pairings, or you want to talk about what happened on Friday? You, you, your show. Where you All right, let's start. talk about what happened on Friday, okay. and then we'll go to the pairings. Uh, you were down in Frederick. Looked like the uh, Trojanettes got off to a roaring start and uh, really played well again. Yeah, they never looked back. They, they, like you said, started off really, really hot. I don't have my numbers in front of me. I apologize. I left them in my office. But um, as score, evident of, of the score, winning 72-47, to 47, uh, everybody uh, was shooting the ball great. Um, Jade Gray shot lights out from outside. She had, I'm again going off of memory, four three-pointers in the first quarter. She finished with like 15 points, just blazing hot. You had Taylor Butler hit from outside. You had, of course, Destiny Jackson do what she does, uh, scoring 20-plus. And the weird thing was, it's kind of a comforting stat in a weird way, is that they went and scored 72 points, and Kylie Smith has only had four. Mm-hmm. So it shows you that it's not – you know, we've talked about that over and over, that this team can contribute in many different ways, and, and that was very evident. So they are very locked in, a little worried because they haven't played in six days because the game last Tuesday against Fort Cobb was canceled because of the snow. And, my, you know, and then this Frederick team kind of gave them fits the first time they met, um, only like a two-point, one-point lead at half, and then Kenny was able to uh, pull away from them in the second half back in December. So, and it was a Frederick team that came in with a winning record. So, and you've seen them firsthand. And then, and um, the McClung sisters are really good, uh, even uh, Friday night. But, um, so I was wondering about, you know, losing rhythm after losing that game or not playing that game last Tuesday, but that was not the case. They came out focused, uh, shooting the ball great, played great defense as usual, and, and came out with the win. The boys, um, they, uh, I mean, give them credit. They were down at one point. 13 points uh, late in the third, early in the fourth quarter against a Frederick team that's playing better basketball as of late. And then Canute's able to, with like multiple guys and playing with four fouls, somehow able to claw their way back, tie it up, force overtime. But they would fall 72-66 to in overtime to Frederick. So um, chance to bounce back. And uh, of note, it's tonight, not tomorrow night, Hammond and Canute. Hammond coming to Canute, they move that game to 6 o'clock tonight uh, to try to get ahead of that weather, possible icy conditions, uh, driving conditions on Tuesday. So uh, that will happen tonight and again at 6 o'clock. So um, get there early. And, uh, I mean, the 
Big Monday in Canute, as I've been calling it. Me and Ed have been calling it because that girls game could be really, really fun uh, because both teams in their top ten of each class. Of course, Hammond number one, uh, Canute number ten in the girls matchup. And the boys uh, match up a couple of teams that are desperately looking to maybe get some wins before playoffs start. And and, and um, that's what Canute and, and uh, the Hammond boys are looking to do. So always fun when these two teams match up. Um, I always enjoy it because – you know, called one season of Hammond basketball and made some great friends over there. And, of course, living in Canute, it's just it's a lot of fun for me personally. But, again, that's happening tonight at 6 o'clock over in Canute. We'll have it on Paragon TV. I bet Hammond is ready to, uh, ready to not see orange and black. Uh, the the gold and black yeah. will be a welcome sight. It's once again on Friday, the Merritt Oilerettes knock off the Hammond Lady Warriors. That's now three times this season uh, that, uh, that Merritt's beat Hammond. And... There's when you look at what Merritt's doing. They've only they played twelve games since the since the Christmas break. Only one of them have been decided by single digits, a thirty six thirty one win against Turpin. So everybody else they've beaten by double digits, and it's not like they're just you know playing some. They played Hammond twice. They've played um, Canute in that in that run in in the finals of that Merritt Classic, uh, and then a bunch of two A schools. Uh, Leedy, who's ranked number eleven in Class B as well, has been on that schedule. So, man, the Oilerettes have really got it rolling right now uh, and have. You know, the the first out of the first four games back before the break, three of those were close. Uh, they're only lost by a point to Canute, beat Canute tw- uh, by two in the five-county, beat Hammond by two in the five-county f- uh, title game. But since then, even, heck, back to since then, I guess they just played a couple, one game after that. But after the Christmas break, man, they have gotten it rolling. And when we talked about it last week, if they're going to score in the 50s, they're going to be extremely difficult to beat. Absolutely. Because the way that they play defense, they are just they're, they're just playing awesome right now. And I'm sure that they can't wait. You know, we, we talked about them having all those games stacked up in a row. I'm sure they couldn't wait to go play them. The way they're playing, as yeah. much fun as you know that they're having. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, let's play three or four a week. <laughs> the way we're rolling, let's go. Let's yeah. keep on playing. Uh, they've really, really impressive what Coach Doherty has done uh, after back-to-back years now. After a state tournament appearance last year, look like they're uh, poised to do that again. Um, anxious to see if, uh, you know, how much, how much cachet another win against Class B number one might have this afternoon in the rankings. See if they can, you know, uh, moving up into the top half of that of that top eight at number three last week. Will they move up even more? You know, the the records are starting to get pretty similar between them and Dale and Ampo. Everybody's got one loss uh, there at the at the very top of Class Two A. So man, that was once again impressive uh, by the Oilerettes uh, going into Hammond this time and, and beating them for a third straight time. You know, you always hear that in sports. It's so hard to win three against the same team. Right? Yeah. Man, yeah, maybe not. They just, in the, on the other side of that, they just they know something. It feels like like they know how to. There's, so there, how there's to, matchup. Yeah, there's, there's matchup issues mm-hmm. or something. Some. You know, they just they match up better against that Hammond team for some reason. And, and then on the other side, Hammond's thinking, God, here they come again. You know, they're just kind of in their heads. You see, so I mean, you know, that goes back staying with Hammond how big that win against Lamega is mm-hmm. because if they see them in the state tournament, go, oh well, we beat them. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Lamega thinking, oh goodness, here's a team that beat us. 
maybe that's something that it's like a mental block thing for him. And, but no, I'm not trying to take a credit away from Merritt. What they're doing right now is is very, very awesome, and their defense is stellar, yeah. absolutely stellar. It's gonna it's gonna take them a long ways in the playoffs. I think they have something, and, and Sam points this out on the text line. I think this is it. Watching uh, the finals of Dubai County a week ago Saturday, mm-hmm. they have a, they have size. And multiple players, the Hartmans come straight to mind, that are at least able to try to guard Henley West. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have that. And if they do, they have one, and then that foul trouble happens, and then you got nobody. Merritt's got multiple players, and we talked about when Dory was with us. You know, he can run them in and out, and yeah. almost hockey line changes at times uh, throughout the game to keep everyone fresh. And so, yeah, Merritt looks really, really good. Uh, I was down in Blanchard. Man, the Elk City girls, it, it was an amazing night. Through the first quarter, I think they might have played their worst quarter of the season. And then in the second and third quarters, especially starting really from the three-minute mark of the second quarter to the three-minute mark of the third. So in that one quarter of play, mm-hmm. basically, they outscored Blanchard 18 nothing and just completely took control of the game. Um, it, was, it was just... You know, you're kind of looking, like, thinking to yourself, wait a minute, how can this be the same team that played like that? And they played like the, the key for Elk City moving forward is going to be simple. Being able to execute on offense at a, at a higher, more consistent clip. Because when they don't turn it over and they do generate shots, their offense looks pretty decent. But they just go through these lulls where they just turn over after turnover after turnover. I think they started the game down there in Blanchard, four, the, the first four possessions and maybe like six of the first seven or seven of the first eight. And, and it wasn't necessarily like Blanchard was forcing them into those turnovers. You know what I mean? It wasn't like Anadarko out there pressing you. Just kind of not, not lazy, just, just not executing very well. But once they did, they did. Uh, first time that I can remember Elk City beating Blanchard in, the, in girls' basketball uh, since I think Sean said the first time since he's been back, since he's been at Elk that they've done it. And so mm. – uh, Impressive, 46-33 they win. The boys game, the Elks fell behind early. They got it back within nine, just heading in, or just with about a minute left in the third quarter. They're back within nine, had the ball a couple of times down nine, couldn't score. And then the fourth quarter, Blanchard outscored him like 23-8. to They pulled away to win uh, 63-36. So both teams uh, now locked in. We'll see what the, the rankings look like today. Maybe the Elkettes at 9-7 and seven might be able to creep into the bottom of that top 20. We'll find out this afternoon. Then, of course, Friday for Merritt and Elk City, we'll find the playoff assignments. Speaking of those, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll tell you a little bit about the playoff assignments in Class A and Class B, as that was all released on Friday by the OSSAA. Everybody knows what their path to the big house is right now. We're hanging out at Sarah National. Clubhouse will open at 3 on a day like today. It's cold, windy. No golf, obviously, being played, but you can still come out and enjoy some sport or some what, just uh, some, some camaraderie here at the Clubhouse at Sarah National. We'll be back on the Skinny on Sports. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sarah National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. 
the Skinny on Sports. Hey, welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. We're hanging out at the sports bar at Sayre National. It's a frigid day. There's not going to be any golf played today, but don't worry about that. Coming up on Saturday, 1 o'clock, Saturday scramble will be happening. Looks like a uh, highs in the low 60s. Maybe a little bit breezy, but you know what? In February, when it's 60-some, I don't think you can really – that's not the, the time to start griping about the no. wind, right? Just come on out. Big group was out here on Saturday. Yeah, it was a little breezy Saturday, but, man, it was real pretty. It was nice. Temperature was great. We walked out of that gym on Saturday, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it is like a spring day out here. What time was your first game? Nine o'clock. See, ours was two. Walking in, like a little chilly. It was cold, yeah. And in that hour's time when we walked out, I could already tell, oh, it's going to be a nice day today. Yeah, we had it, nine, it was real pretty. We had 9 o'clock and 1 o'clock, and when we left there at 2 o'clock, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Hello. It's a beautiful day. Uh, all right. So, Jared, the Class A and B district basketball assignments have been released. Local teams of note, yourself and the Canute Trojans and Trojanettes, will get to host the regional or I'm sorry, the district, go to the sub-side at Boone Apache for the first round of regionals, which will be on Thursday. And then the main site is at Cheyenne, and everybody finishes up at area uh, at Chickasha. Uh, so Boone Apache and Bingaroni, Canute are the teams that are in that district, so that means that Friday night game uh, looks like will be Boone Apache and Bingaroni. On the girls' side, we'll have to wait and see on the boys. I would imagine some records will be looked at and all that. I th- I'm going to assume... It'll be that boat. It'll Canute and Binger. Binger. On the boys. Looking at, I don't know. I mean, Binger only's 12 and 8. Boone Apache boys. Let me get that. I, I had that yesterday. 13 and 8 or something like that. They're 15 and 4. So it'll, and they're ranked 8th. So it'll oh, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be, oh, definitely. Canute boys and, and <clears throat> Binger only boys on that Friday. Definitely. Yeah. And then the girls. We'll wait till Saturday, the winner, and they'll get the winner. Uh, they're also Birds Flight Deal City hosting a district with Surreal and Cheyenne Raiden coming. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a Birds Flight Deal City and Cheyenne Raiden on the girls' side because Surreal's ranked. Navajo, Hollis, and Snyder as well uh, down at Navajo. Uh, they'll get together for that uh, in that district. So a bunch of a bunch of Paragon TV flavor will be showing up, uh, hopefully to Cheyenne. Uh, once that uh, those teams make their way into the regional main side. On the other side. You're looking at teams like Caddo, uh, both in the boys and girls. Hydro Weekly, Carnegie are in the other regional um, that makes up this area. And some other teams uh, from further west, from further east and south with Wilson, Tushka, Warica. Uh, but all in all, I think that uh, when you look at the, the Trojanettes moving forward, uh, a, Saturday, a Saturday night possibility of Surreal being the regional final. And then, of course, Caddo is on the other side waiting in the wings uh, to to probably play whoever comes out of that regional. That's what it looks like. Um, I think as far as, you know, our, our, our teams that we follow, it's – I know me personally, I like going to Cheyenne better than Cash, nothing against Cash, but – it or or, or anywhere – or, or in uh, – I'm sorry, Cheyenne other than other places. It just feels a little closer and a lot more familiar. And, um, and then you're going to get – you know, we think probably surreal in that regional final. That's a little farther trip for them, so it it bodes well if you're if you're Canute and um, 
you know, good opportunity right there. So I'm I'm liking what I see so far. Now, what about the other teams we follow? All right, so that's area one. Area two in Class A, you find Arapahoe Butler. Uh, their their regional site will be Okarchi. Uh, obviously, Okarchi being in that regional, Arapahoe Butler. You got Cordell and Union City. Uh, along with Arapahoe in the district that'll be at Arapahoe, uh, so you got Okarchi there in the uh, on the uh, would would be a regional final opponent, something like that. Velma Alma as well as there. Then on the top side of that area that'll be played in Shawnee, you got Vanoss, uh, a team that's been at the top, you know, three or four all year. Thomas and O'Keen are a couple of the other teams on the other side of in that in that area in the different regional, and I think. Will that do it for Class A around here? Because we've got Hollis, we've got Arapahoe, we've got Canute. Is that everybody? I think that's everybody. Yeah. Uh, some some kind of local flavor, a little bit further north over at the area at Enid. See, that's where you find Sealing, Laverne, Moreland, Shattuck, uh, Cherokee, some of those teams, uh, along with an OK. So Sealing and OK. On the boys' side, Sealing and Garber on the girls were the ranked teams, or the top eight teams in that area of Class A. Class B? Real quick, do you think anybody has a gripe in, in Class A as far as? It was always going to be this way because of the way the rankings shifted at the very mm-hmm. end. You know, you kind of had it set up a little bit more like, like Class B. You can kind of geographically see the way it worked because there was four and four, meaning four on the east, four on the west. That shifted a little bit. In Class A, with Arapahoe bumping out on the girls' side and, and Red Oak bumping in to that top eight. So there's always going to be somebody. But, I mean, if the furthest you got to go, I mean, Cyril has to go to Cheyenne, but then to Chickasha, I don't think you're upset about that. You know, Van Oss moving somewhere, but then back to Shawnee for their area. I don't think, yeah, I don't, it, it is what it is. There's going to be somebody traveling. If I'm Riverside, I'm livid. Because? They're sending, they don't host a district. They're going to Verdon, and then Quentin, and then Wilberton, wherever those places are. But Riverside girls have consistently been in the top five all season. I wonder along. if that's a facilities issue. I I kind of thought that myself. I don't know. For district, but Verdon, okay. um, both teams are I think are barely five hundred, and they're hosting a district. But it might be a facility wise. It's got to be a facility, facility issue. thing. Yeah, because they would be hosting district at least. You'd think. But as a team that's been in the top five pretty much all season long mm-hmm. um, in Riverside, the girls mainly, I'm that's got to be what it is. I'm probably a little upset about that. They but probably, other than that, though, I think everyone else, everything else, makes sense. Yeah, and that's that, that. That's the only thing that makes sense is that they can't host it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, in Class B. We talked last week kind of what, who we thought would go with who. And on the girls' side, sure enough, Lomega and Arnett are together. And then boys, it's Goodwell and Calumet. Uh, all of those are kind of north. So Leedy finds themselves here as well. Uh, Leedy's in the same uh, regional with Arnett, Buffalo, and Goodwell as the host side. you got Tyrone, Visai, um, along with those two schools. Uh, they'll go to uh, the sub side will be Arnett. The regional side will be Beaver. And then, of course, Woodward as the area. On the other side, you've got Calumet, you've got Lomega, uh, Timberlake, Burlington, Kremlin Hillsdale, or some of the other teams that are on the other side there in that regional. Uh, so that's area one. Area two is the, the southern part of the schools or the southern trip to the state tournament. Uh, Hammond will host regionals and district 
uh, Mountain View Goatee Bow to be at the sub-site there. Some other teams, you got Duke, Sentinel, Eric, Hammond, Mountain View Goatee Bow, Braid Oil, Sweetwater, a bunch of <laughs> local schools in that regional on the other side uh, for the area that will meet up at Cash. The boys' ranked team is uh, Fort Cobb Broxton. The girls is Lakeba Sickles. Uh, Big Pastures, another team that's kind of been in the, the rankings uh, here and there throughout the season. Um, so, you know, this, the southern route Hammond takes toward the, to the state tournament, the northern route, uh, Leedy. Uh, Eric's also there with Hammond as well on the southern route. So you, we see this every single year, right, in Class B. One goes to Woodward, one goes to Cash or Chickasha. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's kind of the way it goes, right? And so uh, Hammond gets the southern trip, Leedy gets the northern trip, uh, as well as uh, Eric there on the south side. Of that, so I don't think there's any big surprise there. To be quite honest with you, no, no, I think it all sh- shook out as what we thought it would, how how we thought it would. Yeah, I think we actually said we thought it would be uh, Hammond and Lakeba Sickles and Arnett and Lomega would be the the rank as far as the girls' side of things, and then who would come, uh, Calumet uh, going north, and then that's happened before in Fort Cobb going south. That's that's I don't think there's really real big surprise there in Class B. To be honest with you. Uh, with uh, with the way that everything shook out. No, me neither. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, the ultimate Jim Traver. We'll still, we'll talk uh, we'll talk the football. We'll get all that going uh, as the conference title games are over. The Super Bowl is set. The Eagles and Chiefs will meet in a couple weeks out in Glendale, Arizona, in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Coming back from Sayre National, it's the Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. I know you're chomping at the bit to try out your brand new golf equipment. I've got the perfect spot. Sayre National starting their Saturday scrambles in January. It's a great way to scratch that golfing itch through the winter months until springtime brings green grass and warmer temps. The Saturday scrambles are weather permitting, but trust me, from personal experience, they'll play most Saturdays in just about any weather. If your golf game needs a new secret weapon, the Pro Shop has tons of Callaway clubs, balls, and apparel. Come hang out at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sport. Yeah! Coming on, yeah! Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal, hanging out at the sports bar inside the clubhouse at Sayre National. No golf today, but by the time we roll around to the weekend, the Saturday scrambles will be back on hives in the 60s, maybe even by Saturday. And so a big crowd was out here this Saturday. Come on out and play next Saturday as we build toward, you know, it's going to be cool because here in a couple of, eh, about a month or so, these Saturday scrambles, you'll start to see some green grass start to pop out That's as right. well. It's going to get busier and busier, too. Yeah. For the uh, the golf season coming up. Uh, joining us now is the voice that you'll hear right here on these airwaves at 2 o'clock. It is the ultimate Jim Traber. Jim, how are you this morning? I'm good, fellas. Did you guys get any snow or anything? Any we, sleep, anything? Nothing, uh, to my knowledge, out here. We, no. there, it's cold and it's, and it's windy, but nothing like what uh, you guys are dealing with up your way. Yeah, we got uh, we got some. It's uh, I guess it's sporadic in different places, but yeah, I woke up this morning and saw white everywhere. A good day to probably just stay inside. Yeah, I think our best chance is probably tomorrow uh, through the the middle of the day is when we have our best chance of getting some of that stuff too. Uh, but uh, you know, last week was nice. One of the best snows I can ever remember as far as it didn't really cause any travel problems, but it was pretty to look at. That may not be the same uh, with what's going to happen this week. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if you live in this state for a long time, you're going to experience the ice. And hopefully, 
Hopefully we don't get too much of that. I think there's going to be some people that get lit up. So hope they're okay. Yeah, that's uh, that ice is is no good. It causes way way more problems than just a nice solid snow does. Uh, Jim, what did you? Uh, what were your thoughts yesterday? That the first game was just completely ruined uh, by the injury to Brock Purdy early on, and I think maybe uh, something you, you've been on the side that uh, he is not getting enough credit for how well he has played from a lot of people. And I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those. Maybe uh, well, what happened yesterday shows that he was a little bit more of an integral part to San Francisco's success. Yeah, the minute he got hurt, the game was over. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're bringing in a guy, I mean, look, more power to him, but 10 years in a league with 13 different teams, I mean, he's I mean, he's not the answer. And Purdy has played well. He's made plays. And, you know, I mean, listen, the beginning of that game, I mean, my gosh, Philadelphia – they get a catch on fourth down that wasn't a catch, right? It gives them their first first down, uh, first touchdown. So literally, if if that game could have been totally different, of course you can say that about a lot of games. But if the Forty ers I mean, if they don't call that, the Forty ers go up seven nothing, and they got Brock Purdy at quarterback. I think it's a different game. It was good, but you saw when Purdy didn't come back in the game. You literally saw the entire team just deflate. Mm-hmm. They really did. They believe in him. And whether anybody else believes in them, fine, but they believe it. And um, I'm not saying they win the game if he stays healthy, but I think it's a much, much, much different game. Uh, and I might add that I think they'll have a chance, believe it or not, to win the game if Purdy stays in. And, of course, they don't make that horrible call on uh, on the fourth down. I don't know what in the world. I, I tell you what, I don't, know, I don't know what Shanahan was doing. Because you got to be quicker than that, fellas. I mean, you got to be quicker than that. All they have to do is, you know, throw the challenge flag, and they get the ball back, right? It's a 29-yard catch on fourth down. So, um, anyway, but, I mean, that's the way the game goes, and Philly is an amazing story, and if they win a Super Bowl, it'll be really, really impressive. I know that. Yeah, to the point about Shanahan, even if you don't see that replay that that you saw later, when when you when you see what Devontae Smith himself how he reacted, which was immediately making that signal to get up to the line, snap it because I didn't catch it. You know, you gotta somebody's gotta notice that, and at least yeah. it, it it's too of important of a play uh, down there. On you know, it, it's a difference between going down seven nothing or, or having the ball with pretty decent field position cl- close to midfield for your offense for your first offensive possession. You just gotta you gotta try it. Here's the other thing too. When do when when do first down when do timeouts matter in the first half? Right. Right. I mean, I could see that if it was late in the third quarter or something, but in the first half, nobody cares about your timeouts. I mean, you could use them and they might help, but you got it. You got to do it. I agree with you. The minute the minute that, that he comes running back on, let's go, let's go, let's go. You think what the heck are you doing that? Mm-hmm. But uh, they didn't do it, but. That was the beginning. Now, now, the 49ers came back and scored a touchdown to make it 7-7. If they don't count that and the 49ers go up 7-0 and then Purdy, of course, stays in the game, then I think it's a chance that it's a much, much a different outcome. But I don't want to take away from Philly. They're, uh, they're really, really impressive. I think we got a, I think we got a great Super Bowl on here. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that, that game between Texas and Alabama when Colt McCoy got hurt right off the bat, and it just yeah. it took Texas too long to, to kind of figure things out. San Francisco actually held in there pretty well for the first quarter and a half, but then the touchdown and then the fumble on the perfect snap 
uh, that all of a sudden it's twenty-one-seven at halftime, and you, it was just there was no chance. You, you after know what that. we saw yesterday, fellas. We saw two things that a lot of people don't believe in. Okay, in my opinion, one um, is exactly what we're just talking about. When a, when your quarterback goes down, man, your team deflates, especially if you don't like who's coming in. And I and I promise you, true, Sam, they don't like the dude that came in. Um, 14 quarterback. Who the heck can play a 14 quarterback? <laughs> right. And then the other thing in the other game is what I talk about all the time. There's no reason to say crap with the, you know, on the bulletin board. I'm not saying that that's the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs won, but you can see after the game that they were mad about it. They, they, don't, they don't like listening to Burrow, Burrow uh, head and all this other crap. So you just keep your mouth shut. That's, it's really simple. And, you know, I'm a Steelers fan. I don't like the Bengals. I'm glad they got beat. I know everybody around here is like, oh, Zach Taylor. Well, I mean, but if I introduced myself to Zach Taylor, it would be the first time you ever knew who that heck I was. So I'm, I don't, I'm not saying I don't like him or whatever. I'm just saying that you shut your mouth. And I would hope that Zach Taylor and that coaching staff would call the team together at some, at some point, maybe not yesterday, call them in and say, this should be a lesson for you. Shut your mouth. Act like you've been there. And, you know, like I said, we saw exactly that it did bother them. I mean, Kelsey running up when they're getting interviewed, screaming and yelling about it and saying, this ain't no Burrowwood. I mean, they meant something about it. So I think there's two things that a lot of people don't really believe in. I, like I said, I think the 49ers just fell apart when they didn't have Purdy. And then the other thing is just shut your mouth. In that Kansas City game, were you shocked, surprised, or 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 not the way Mahomes played with his uh, with his legs, with his feet, with his with his uh, his ankle? Apparently a bum ankle, but I heard you talked earlier last week about you know I'm sure he got shot up. He didn't. He did not. They wow. said before the game he did not take a shot. Well, then I'm shocked. I'm shocked he was as mobile as he was. Were you, Jim? Well, first of all, I don't know if I believe he didn't take a shot. Right. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to be skeptical, but that's fine. Secondly, yes, I was. I was definitely shocked. The guy's amazing. Um, these athletes nowadays are in such good shape and they take such good care of themselves that they obviously heal a lot quicker. But that's a bad injury. And, um, yeah, he did really good. And now he's got two weeks. So I, would, I, mean, I would assume that by the time the Super Bowl rolls around, he's going to be doing really good. But, uh, yeah, he was amazing. That was a great football game, fellas. I mean, maybe not the, the most, the best played football game. I will tell you this, though. I don't know about you guys, all right? But, you know, everybody's crying. I'm looking on the Internet today. Everybody's killing every, the referee. And, oh, yeah, they gave kids to the game. Blah, blah, blah. When I was watching the game, as God is my witness, when the referee came on and said, we take the I don't know if you guys remember this. This the uh, game, the play clock at ten seconds, and we'll run the clock on my whistle. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, 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 no. The ball, it was an incomplete pass. The ball, the, it's not supposed to run. I'm sitting here on my couch in Edmond, Oklahoma, saying that, and they messed it up. But they got the right call. They messed it up. You could see the the referee come running in. You can see him come running in, and that's. I mean, they got the call right. Everybody's crying. The Bengal fans are going crazy. They got the call right. So what if the play started? The, the back judge is running in 
and he doesn't want to get in the way because he don't want to get run over. But yeah, I'm so, you know people can cry all they want. The Bengals did not get jobs, fellas. Okay, that was the right call. Now it looks like it did because they let the next play call. Now the referee should be reprimanded because he didn't obviously didn't call it the way it should have, which is mind-boggling me because I like I said I'm sitting on the couch and I knew that something was wrong. I don't know about you guys, but I knew it. Yeah, because the play before is the one where he uh, kind of flipped it out to McKinnon and he dropped it. That's right. That's exactly that's right. right. He dropped the ball. And then that's they right. had to so they, the they, they, stop so, clock. The clock. That's right. The clock stopped. Right. And it does not restart. Mm-hmm. They're acting like he caught it and went down or went out of bounds. No, it was it, it. That was the right call. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you what. If Cincinnati wins that game and they don't reverse that, I think there's an even bigger controversy. Don't you guys agree? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, especially if they kind of run out of time because of you know ten or fifteen seconds right. that shouldn't have been run off the clock that was. Um, yeah. it, I it, it, that one to me, it, it they got an extra play, but they didn't. They, I mean, it, it ended up being came a punt. Yeah, nothing came, nothing out, came of it, out of it. But... I just uh, the, the last play was the one that I was that for me. I just hate to see the ending of that game affected. By what happened on the sidelines, you know that's it, it. It's a dumb penalty. Well, it was the right call, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it, it was. It, I don't know. It just felt like it was <laughs> it a little was bit the of right a flaw. Come on, it, he just barely it even touched right him. You know, what? It, 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 it wasn't like he just shoved him to the ground. I mean, Mahomes gets his feet tangled up, and skinny, I think skinny, it was a little bit of acting. Little slow acting. Down, did you have money on Cincinnati? No, I did. No, I did. We just have an annoying coworker. Yeah, who's a that's big what, to be fan, honest with we, you. So we were rooting for the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Both of his feet were out of bounds. Yeah, I mean he didn't pull him, but he hit him hard enough to go flying, and he himself went into the bench. Why do you think he was over there crying the whole daggone time? Oh, yeah. I felt sorry for the kid. What about the guy for his team yelling at him? Yeah. Did you see yeah. that? And yeah. back up in the in the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he oh, had, wow. and then of course that, you know that was the right, you know you know that it was out of bounds because Hilton number twenty one is standing there as he's coming up to help. Mahone steps out, he stops, and as soon as he sees it, he puts his hands like on his helmet, like you can just see him going, "No, don't do it," and he did. And not one person on the Bengals sidelines cried about it. Not one. No, they weren't. Nobody. They knew it was the right call. Listen, you got, I don't like that it ended that way either. But you have to make that call at the end of the game and the beginning of the game. Skinny, come on, you know that. You do, and then you know. I think there was there, there's some other things there. But listen, they got outgained. They committed more turnovers. All every stat you look at, Kansas City won won the game. And then so you know you can't just bottle it up into one call. I just hated that it was the last. I mean, maybe I just want to see overtime uh, between watch long, more of those two guys go at it. Um, but yeah. You know, well, here's well the I tell you what, I thought, I thought, I thought Kansas City's defense played uh, yep. a really nice game. I it really did. did. I oh, thought yeah. they were fired up. And I thought it was really interesting, although Tony Romo just talks way too much. I'm, I know you guys love the guy, but I, I mean, uh, I'm making fun of y'all because he's your quarterback. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I, he, he talks way too much. He's really good at what he does, but he's like taking over and just talk and talk and talk. But um, he brought up one great point is the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati, 
he, I mean, for Kansas City, they played in the beginning, in the regular season, like week 13, I think it was. Yeah. And, you know, I guess he purposely did not show a lot because he knew they would play him again in the playoffs. Now, that's a brilliant move, Paul, to, to take the chance of losing a regular season game and then show a lot more when the playoffs come around. That's a good move. And it, now, if he's truly cheap, but yeah, if you go back, they did not pressure at all. And then this was, they were coming from all over the place. So, and they disguise things really well. I thought they messed with Burrow. I really did. I thought they messed with Burrow. Yeah, even uh, uh, Burrow. He needs to go smoke his cigar and uh, <laughs> work on watching some of that film. Yeah, he even mentioned that he got him one time when he he thought it just a swing pass out into the flat to to Samaje was going to be a first down, and they were in a cover two. They stayed in a cover two shell, and they had two guys out there to tackle him. And uh, Romo even said, "Ooh, he got him that time because he did not expect that to stay the way that it was." I thought the Chiefs. I think we get a better game without Cincinnati's offensive line being abused by Philly in the Super Bowl because that's what would happen. At least the Chiefs' offensive line has a chance uh, to to hold up to what what Philly can do up front on defense. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, it'll be a great game. Though. I'm excited about it. I am too. Totally excited. I, on a scale of one to a hundred, how shocked were you by what happened in Norman on Saturday? 250. <laughs> Especially after how they lost to TCU. They turn yeah, around and I do mean, that. It, just, it really shows you, fellas, what, how sports are just amazing. It really does. I mean, for him to, uh, to for them to do what they've done uh, like that is absolutely amazing. It really is. For them to come back from that horrific game where I said on the radio it was just embarrassing. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was an embarrassment. For, for it to go from the, being an embarrassment to dominating the number two team in the country is crazy. Um, and they played really, really well. Now, listen, I don't know which team is which. I mean, I, I'm sure if you're a massive OU fan, you say that Saturday is what they really are. But they haven't played like that in the Big 12. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a tremendous win for them. They see, see if they can get back on track. Wednesday they got OSU, who's playing pretty well. Um they're not a great team, but you know you got to go and win that game at home and try to get back on track. But that was amazing, absolutely amazing victory. Is it is it a testament of how good the conference is, or do you buy into that? I mean, I think that's a little bit of it. But I mean, look, PCU got beat. Uh, who else got beat? Iowa State. Um, Iowa State. Iowa State. In Texas. Yeah, Iowa State by Missouri. So. Now what was it? What was the big twelve? Seven and three, is that right? Yes, seven and three. Yeah, so they won most of them, but you know Kentucky's not that good this year, or at least what they normally are. So you expect Kansas to beat them. So yeah, there you know there's a lot of uh, I don't know, fellas. It was crazy. I guess that there's no doubt that the Big Twelve is really good, but it does probably show a little bit of the Big Twelve when you go in there and do what you did. But uh, yeah, you know they uh, they could have quit and they didn't quit, so that's a really good part of it. Yeah, I was trying. To, I was hoping bracketology was updated to see kind of what that did for both OU and OSU. I think OSU was in the last four out, and OU was in the next four out on going into Saturday. And I haven't. It's not been updated on ESPN. So I would say that OSU probably that Mississippi stinks. Yeah. So I mean, it probably didn't do a whole lot for them. But you know, if they can win some more games, they, I mean, both teams have still got a chance to get in. You know, you win some. You got to win some games in this league, especially your home games. Yeah, I think Wednesday is almost a must-win for OU in Bedlam, back on back on your home floor. You know, you can't get swept by a team that you're going to be compared with uh, when it gets down to it. 
uh, to get into that uh, to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, almost all their games the rest of the rest of the time are like quadrant one too. So yep, that's that's the beauty of the conference being so good is, is you have a chance to kind of make up some ground here uh, in the next month or so before the conference tournament start. Hey, I want to I want to go back to Friday. I, I thought that was really interesting to hear you guys as uh, top twelve favorite athletes of all time. And it, what stuck to me was the younger you are, the more apt you are to kind of fall in love with certain players because it just seemed like everybody's list was almost, you know, in those like teenage to early 20 years uh, of your own life as, a, as to uh, who you picked for your favorite athletes. Yeah, you're right. A lot of them were uh, definitely when I was young. I mean, I think anybody that's listened to me for any long period of time was going to know that Roberto Clemente was going to be my number one. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, uh, I just think he was the greatest. Just amazing, amazing player, great dude. But yeah, you're right. A lot of them were when we were younger, and we, I don't know, sports was different back then. I only had one person from nowadays, and it was uh, Jokic. You know, and I just think it's amazing that this big Pillsbury Doughboy is like dominating the league. Although MB got him the other night got him really good uh that's because he can't play any defense but uh yeah it was it was fun it was this was the hardest list of all hardest list of all of my i don't have your list in front of me skinny i know you sent me yours yeah who was your number one ken griffey jr and by by a really wide margin i mean it was just growing up he was the coolest cat and uh, we actually took a baseball trip uh our my freshman year out to uh, spring training played in a tournament. Out, well, was supposed to play in a tournament and got rained out. Believe it or not, out in the desert. <laughs> uh, but uh, we got to go and watch them practice. And oh yeah, he was just as cool as as can possibly be uh, to all of us sitting around on the fence uh, out there. So that was, you know, sometimes that doesn't work that way. Like you think, if you happen to get to meet somebody that you've yeah. admired, and you go, man, what a jerk. That, that certainly wasn't the case for him. Or uh, number, my number two was Fred Couples, and I've got to meet him as well. Um, out at uh, Palm Springs at that tournament one time, and he was cool as can be too. So, uh, yeah, but those are all just like my when I was a junior high kid, you know, or, or right into high school is where it feels like everybody kind of kind of was. I, I would have definitely had Ryan Miner and the Boz on my top ten mm-hmm. favorite athletes if that was allowed. Uh, yeah, not allowed to do that. Yeah, was, who were yours, Jared? Um, you got number one. My number one would be, and Aaron would know this if you've seen a picture of him in my office, is Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Uh, in, going back to Oh, my, what a cheater. My, cheater. Back when I was a kid, man, I loved Nolan Ryan growing up. He, he was the reason why I'm a Ranger fan and still am. But yeah, he, he, he was amazing. He was, he was the dude, and, and he's my guy, absolutely. Yeah, see, one of, your, one of your guys was pretty mean to us uh, out there at spring training, uh, Randy Johnson. <laughs> we, we we were all sitting there. They pulled into the parking lot, and he had this big old giant Jeep. They pulled out, and he walked over the fence, and he just said, shouldn't you boys be in school? And he walked <laughs> into the clubhouse or whatever. Everybody, everybody remembers that. <laughs> from that sounds, like, like, <laughs> sounds like Randy Johnson. Yeah, that's like the one thing we all remember from that trip uh, was, he uh, was, uh, was Randy Johnson. He, not, he was a surly dude, man. Yeah. But you know what? I, he and I, were we were friends. He liked me maybe because I was surly too. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Is hey, it true he's a professional photographer now? Absolutely, it is. Yeah, he does. That's what he does now. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty good at it too. You can go online. And he has a website. You should go online. He does. I mean, look, I'm not into photographs, you know, but he he does a good job. Man, he's a weird dude. Man. You'd weird hate to dude. have the seat behind him. 
<laughs> yeah, wouldn't be able to I see know. anything. <laughs> You're right. Hey, what, uh, he got treated so bad when he was young, and uh, he, he treated everybody. Uh, doesn't matter what you look like, man. You can be a star. I mean, obviously, Hall of Fame, great. Yeah, he was incredible. What What do you make of what's going on with the Thunder right now? Uh, how much? I heard you say this, and I could not have agreed more. And then I know the fans are really excited to th- at the thoughts of play-in or even playoffs. But it sure doesn't feel like with the way the rotations are being played, and especially with Jang back and maybe even Poku, come, if he ever gets to come back or what have you, it doesn't feel like the, 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 the organization is all that fired up about, about making sure that the, the Thunder are in the playoffs. Yeah, they're definitely not. I mean, they're not going for it. If they were going for it, Jang would be stepping on the floor. I mean, it's that simple. You're not playing a 19-year-old kid who's been out for a month or whatever it is in a game that would be, in, you know, would look like it's important. So yeah, they're they're definitely definitely not uh, trying to uh, to win anything. Um, but you know what? They they got good players. The best for me, I've said it before. I think if they got into the play-in and then got beat, maybe won one game or maybe got beat or whatever. But if they could get beat. And then they go back into the lottery. I think that would probably be about as good as we can get because they're certainly not going to be down at the you know the bottom or the top, however you want to look at it. So it's been impressive. I'm telling you, it's been very, very impressive. They they got a lot of good young players. It's going to be fun to watch. I tell you what, you bring Wiggins and uh, Isaiah Joe off your bench. You're uh, if those are dudes can't start for you, and you're that you're good enough, that good, then that's 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 a good squad, really good squad. If you, I mean, it's hard to say this because we have no idea where they're going to draft from because of all the different possibilities. But in your mind, what do they have to be looking at uh, with with this year? And then, of course, with four of them next year, you know, there's there's just a lot of things that are going to be happening. A lot of changes, I think, will be happening over this next couple of seasons. There are two two things that they need. They need a big man who can play around the rim, and they need a, another pure shooter. That's it. Nobody. They don't need anything else. I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear this guy's long and he's young. I don't want to hear any of that anymore. They got a draft for the next couple of years. So if they could get like a two year NBA, I mean, excuse me, a two year college guy that can really shoot or a, uh, a big man, you know, like Duran was last year for Memphis, but you don't want to take the big man too, too high, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if, let's say they get like the ninth pick or something, I mean, 10th pick somewhere in there. I don't think you want to take a big man that all he does is just protect the rim. I don't think you do that because I think you can get those guys. But I think they need one more shooter. I think they need one more shooter, and then I think they need a big man. And then you get uh, Holmgren back, and then you and then you go next year. You go. So I think uh, I think they're in pretty good shape. And then if they play well next year, fellas, then you can take a bunch of those picks and trade them for somebody that you need and have a chance. You know. Yeah, I, I'm so interested to see because I think I think a lot of us just assume, oh yeah, adding Holmgren into the into this mix just makes this team, you know, better. Uh, you know, how much better? I don't know that anybody knows that for sure. But I also think the possibility exists that we don't know that he meshes with these guys. And and the one thing about their their squad now is they don't have anybody clogging the lane. And so Shea can get to the basket whenever he wants. Giddy can get to the basket whenever he wants because there's just not a bunch of help there in the way because of, of, of how their team is constructed. I hope to see Holmgren play a lot like Serge Ibaka did when he was here, at least on the offensive end, and heck, blocking shots too, but in that he's not going to be in the way 
of getting these guys to the rim. I agree, but he better be a lot better than Serge Ibaka. I mean, you're the number two pick in a draft. <clears throat> you better be a big-time star. And I love Ibaka, don't get me wrong. And if he plays kind of like that, I'm cool. But he better shoot the ball a lot better than Ibaka. And um, he's not going to block shots like Ibaka. But if he can come from the backside and do some things, that's great. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I he needs to be better than Ibaka. That type of player, but better, I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, that's I, – I, I couldn't agree more. I, I just want – you know, that's the one thing about having a big guy that, that can't move or can't get out on the floor is what does it do to the offense. And we saw that before with Steven Adams being in the way for, for KD and, and Russ, and there just not being a ton of space out there. And I, yeah. but, I, but I think it's funny, as we, as we come full circle, if you could have Steven Adams for $11 bucks a year, he would be a perfect dude to be on this team right no now. No doubt. No doubt. Remember, that I mean, That team went to the uh, finals, right? They went to the conference final. That was the one that got beat by Golden State. So he okay. was, he, yeah, he okay. wasn't here yet. He, he was a rookie the, the year Russ got hurt, right? Because it, okay. came, it came from that Houston trade. Maybe the next okay, year. Okay, you're right. right, right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That was a hard one. So they still, went at, they still went at decent ways, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, this, that center doesn't have to play all the time. He just has to play against teams like Cleveland the other night, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. When they got two big, huge dudes in there. But they keep figuring out ways to win, so it's good stuff. Good stuff. No doubt about it. All right, what's, uh, what's on the podcast this week? Oh, my gosh. What is on the podcast? Um, you know what, fellas? I can't even remember. It was a really good one, though. We did it the other night. <laughs> Julie and I did it the other night. I've been so busy with, like, playing poker on weekends and radio and stuff that I can't figure out what's going on around me. How but was, it's a great one. How was your poker? Oh, my gosh, dude. There were two different flights. The first flight, I got two from the money. And the next flight, until about 2 o'clock in the morning, I got three from the money. Oh. So it was horrible. The worst thing that could happen, play all day, on day and night, and nothing happens. So, but anyway, that's okay. I'm ready to go this week. Ready to go, ready to get after it the next couple of weeks before I go out to Vegas. And uh, two weeks from today, I won't be here with you guys. So. Yeah, you'll be out there with I'll be the out. Jack. I'll be out there in Vegas. Hopefully uh, celebrating, winning. Yeah, all, all of all we hear on Friday is how hot Jack's been. So hopefully that doesn't uh, he keeps that streak going. He, be, he better win. <laughs> he better win when I'm there. <laughs> all right, fellas. Hey, good talking. All right, you bet. Thanks, Jim. Have a great day. See you, man. Bye. That is the ultimate Jim Traber joining us here on a Monday. Uh, good stuff all the way around there. As uh, recapping what happened with the football, we'll do that tomorrow. I will know what the rankings are uh, for uh, 2A through 4A, so may, maybe give us a little bit of idea what could be happening there uh, as well. And uh, just, man, it's, it's almost like, like a week-long buildup to, to what's coming a week from Friday uh, with the Class A and B district tournaments getting going and then playoff basketball. We'll be doing our show from the big house before we know it, uh, hopefully, uh, if everybody will cooperate and get there, right? That's right. Big opportunity, though. I think a lot of people have a, a, a good opportunity to get there. I think there's I've been a little bit more pessimistic than some. Mm-hmm. I maybe turning it around in my own now mind. seeing it on paper well, just or, the way that uh, some teams have performed sure. out of the break and yeah. you know the Trojanettes of Canute being one of the top I wasn't sure before the break if that was a, a I think that's absolutely a team that can make a run to the mm-hmm. state tournament at this point. And, and there's some others. I think the Leedy's girls have a little bit with some of their results and they played better. Uh, here after the break. So there's, uh, I think there's some possibilities that are out there 
uh, for sure for our schools within the Paragon network that maybe I didn't think there was a couple um, as much as a month ago. So, all right, good stuff, man. Thank you to uh, the folks here at Sayre Golf Course, Sayre National. Saturday scrambles, 1 o'clock. Clubhouse won't open until 3 today because of the cold. There's not going to be any golf played, but uh, you can come out, enjoy, enjoy a beverage and some conversation while on the TVs here inside the sports bar at Sayre. This has been The Skinny on Sports, live from Sayre National on a Monday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Are you looking for a place to watch the games and enjoy a cold beverage? I know the spot. The sports bar at Sayre National is the place for your watch party, whether it's college bowl games, the NFL playoffs, or any event that's just more fun to watch with a group of friends. It's outfitted with three large TVs and plenty of those cold drinks. Clubhouse also has a banquet room that's perfect for hosting meetings, weddings, baby showers, any other event that requires space for a large number of folks. Come enjoy the hospitality at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club.